0: This is the Freestyle Way. Exactly. We're live. Hello, Daniel. Uh, How are you? Hello. Hello, my
1: friend. I am very good. It's It's the evening here, so I'm winding down, but uh, Uh it's a a good winding down. I feel very good.
0: We'll call this uh, podcast uh, episode Mellow Moods with uh, Daniel Severin.
1: (laughs) Your favorite radio station, Daniel Severin, here at 8 (laughs) p.m.
0: That's right. That's it. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm excited to talk to you today because you were my first guest on the podcast when I decided to do a podcast with guests, and now three years later, here we are Mm -hmm. recording again. Uh, The first time we recorded, we were both in San Francisco, you were in my apartment, We were, Mm -hmm. you were visiting, we were working on a project and then, um, a year later or so, everything kind of fell apart and then the pandemic broke out and, uh, and I want to explore where we are today and what, Mm. what is going on in your world. You are a student now of physical therapy and, um, uh, yeah, how, how is that going?
1: That is, yeah. So, oh, that is a, that is a big, um, that was a big leap back to the student seat. Uh, it's going really well. Um, there's there's multiple things that I have that I had to get adjusted to in the beginning, which was one uh, this the seat and the perspective of the student. Uh, also, reading and understanding theory, and then applying it to practice from different perspectives and that takes some i call it the the meat and potatoes of studying (laughs) Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's not the it's not the re delivery of things you already know to other people it's for you to consume and then rephrase with your own words and experience Uh, Mm -hmm. so that's been really interesting um and taking up a lot of the a lot of time I must say.
0: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a full time job to be a student mm-hmm. and especially um, in the field that you're in that requires a lot of not only uh, theory on various levels when it comes to the body, but also being able to have a practical expression of that. And then on top of that, you're also still coaching a little bit and working mm-hmm. as um, a trainer. Yes. And then uh, you've also uh, bought a home, which means that now you're a homeowner and you have yeah. to take care of uh, property. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Yeah, you, you have a yeah. very full very full life. I, I, I see that. And, you know, something I was thinking about yesterday kind of leading up to today was uh, May of 2015 when you showed up in San Francisco and mm-hmm. uh, you did your first seminar uh, with me and just kind of looking back at who you were then can you mm-hmm. can you rem- can you remember that daniel does that daniel uh live inside of you somewhere today Whew. <laughs> uh
1: yeah i think he does for sure um he definitely lives inside me i think uh for me, that was uh, that was a big adventure. And if I had to compare it to now, uh, that was probably just opening the doors and letting every opportunity inside and experimenting and letting myself be in a very different way that I was used to in terms of having to earn money and education and all the stories that are being told to you from childhood. So this was kind of me uh being on an adventure i think is the, is the is the word so that is still in me i would say right now um that part is um unfolding in a different uh, way with a lot of experience in the um in the back burner yeah mm-hmm. so he is there for sure
0: yeah that that was uh a, a daniel who was out uh just trying to find this place in the world. <laughs> but you were very curious about movement. You were very curious about training. Mm-hmm. You're very uh, eager to uh, learn and develop. And you invested a lot of time, a lot of money, mm-hmm. a lot of effort into, into that. And somehow you arrived at a conclusion that you wanted to pursue becoming a physical therapist or a physiotherapist. Mm-hmm. Um what brought you to that realization? What was the moment where you're like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. I'm going to go to school. How did you mm. get to that conclusion?
1: Oh, that is a great question. Um, I think a lot of things brought me to that conclusion. Uh, many, 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 um, many things that, that clashed at once. Uh, at the moment where I left San Francisco the last time was before uh, the pandemic where I visited you with uh, Lucas. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I came home, uh, the routine was to teach seminars and, and coach uh, Lucas on, um, on a regular basis. And then the pandemic hit. And then it was a lot of, I would say in the beginning it was like panic and should I say uh, fear outward, just doing something in terms of creation and having some sort of plan, which I didn't. <laughs> so, um, so the main the main part back then was was really my my uh, first inclination was to seek something. Uh, that had some theory in terms of I, I was curious about anatomy and the physiology and something that you had introduced me to as well these subjects was was the way uh, the um, the way we move and the way motion is created and how to coach it to all kinds of people, all stages of uh, progression. and I wanted to I think I wanted to tie it on something and so, My initial idea was to get this education as a sort of a uh, a grip, a firm uh, milestone, something to lean on, or whatever you want to call it. Um, But then I I, um, later on, upon starting the education, I realized that there's. Let me say this: I re-realized that there was a lot of things that I thought I knew something about or a little bit about that I didn't really know the full scale of, or maybe even let's say 50% of it. And then there was a lot of stuff that I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. Um, And those lessons led me to insights that were similar to the ones I already had and had gained through you and through working with people over the years. And, uh, some of them were also new in terms of, it was a different angle. It was simply a different angle. So for example, uh, movement control, uh, and control around the spine, when you lift something or jump and land was something we talked about on the seminars together. And we taught it through the gymnastic lens in the beginning with the hollow body and rocking back and forth in hollow rock. And um, another perspective I learned was uh, that there's there's a lot of uh, different methodologies that attack exactly lumbar stability. And I know it's a very geeked out subject, but this is the example that just popped up in my head right now, <laughs> um, which was... Uh, the mckenzie method method for example who is like you press yourself up into different positions and you practice this you practice the same shapes with the body you just do it differently and you have a different focus and it's with it's for a different target audience uh sort of say so the lessons are kind of the same they they hold the same essence but they're applied differently in in different contexts and that's extremely exciting Mm -hmm. and uh yeah this is a very sorry this is a long-winded response to your question but i wanted to return to this which was that these lessons they opened my eyes to not only other ways to see these these same uh, learnings or insights but also what they could lead to i could suddenly be more than or i could be something else than a personal trainer, for example, I could work with uh patients that have uh, severe neurological problems or uh, patients in a hospital or uh, amputees or, yeah, a lot of different doors started to open. And I think that's really what I, that's really what I have my eyes on at the moment. That's, that's really interesting.
0: Mm, that is very yeah. interesting. So uh, selfishly, something that comes up for me, I was just thinking about me at that time being your mentor and you the mentee or me the teacher and you the student. And one of the dreams I think of every mentor or something at least uh, a mentor knows to some degree is that if the mentor does a good job, the mentee will surpass the mentor, the the student will surpass the teacher. And I want to believe that you have surpassed me uh, when it comes to the understanding of movement and physical development. And I'm, I'm curious, because I think this is powerful, is to know where uh, did I steer you right and where did I potentially steer you wrong? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, first of all, that's a huge compliment. Um, I don't know if I can live up to that description, but <laughs> but uh, I try. Just, so. just
0: take it. Take it. I'll take run it. with it. I'll
1: take it. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, where did you steer me right? Um, yeah, I think you steered me right in a lot of ways. I think one was to show me uh, a specific set of doors. And then letting me open the doors instead of opening them for me. So even though you were facil- facilitating process sometimes, I think you did it in a way where the game was very open. The material and the frame was very firm. But the way it was practiced was very open. So I I kind of compare, I think I can compare it to a scenario from from uh, being a student here, we were taught a specific movement and a way to do this movement, and it was very fixed and it was very non-individual. It was very all uh, all size fits all size one size fits all. That's what it's called. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, um, and I think what you did uh, even the first day. I th- I remember the. I had Lisa Warren and Courtney Walker in the seminar. And for those of you who are listening, these are some of the most incredible athletes I've ever seen. They could like do ten jumping pistol squats on one leg and a lot of handstand push-ups and yeah, we're attending the CrossFit games and stuff stuff like that. So they were the my students suddenly. <laughs> Uh, little Daniel from Denmark came to teach them something. And uh, I think that's the beauty of the material as well. And the way you steered me because the material spoke for itself. It was that was the firm part because the material had a way of taking point in the individual and developing the individual. And but it was not with a fixed it was not with a fixed ending. It was not with a this is how you should do it. Or this is exactly the way to do it. This is more like something to experiment with and develop on your own to something of your own by following this path and then breaking off the path at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think I re- it's it's far away, but I, I think I remember you saying because I was all like, oh, what do I say? How do I teach it? What do you want me to do here? And you were a lot of like, yeah, this is, yeah, let's just go through these progressions with them and we'll see what happens. I I remember it like that. So very Mm -hmm. open. And I think that's been the context ever since uh, on the other seminars we, we, uh, we taught together. Uh, I remember clinging on to the progressions for a long time before suddenly in Australia, uh, I dare to break free of the prescription, so to say, and then try to play with it in in an individual context. So Mm -hmm. I think that's one that's definitely one of them. That's the the set frame and the set set of doors and then letting me open it and see what happens without. That's a big part of it without. Telling me that it was anything. It was it was neither. It was neither extremely good. It was neither extremely bad. It was, that was not the focus. The focus was to learn from it and to, to take that into the next uh, level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a major point of steering me right. Mm -hmm. At least in accordance to how, how I respond to teaching. So, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I think the other part was where you steered me wrong. Was that the word? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Mm. yeah steered me wrong i think um, yeah that's a much harder thing to answer
0: (laughs) (laughs) well let's let's Uh, reframe it let's reframe it the question can be looked at like this instead of how i steered you wrong it's kind of a trick question But Mm -hmm. instead of how I steered you wrong is what has changed in your thinking that has allowed you to become more independent in the way that you think about movement, approach movement, something that is, although potentially influenced by our time together, now original to you, that is yours.
1: Mm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let me think. Um, I think it's it's probably bound by the the container, if I have to say that, like the container of the material. Um, in order to really develop yourself and become independent, as as you said, uh, I think I think one has to ditch the container at some point. And I remember as as I was being sad. About, I had I ha, I've had moments also in studying where I was like, oh fuck, man, freestyle doesn't fit this. Fuck mm-hmm. me. <laughs> what the fuck? Mm-hmm. What's going on here? And I've also had experiences physically while practicing movement where it didn't fit uh, the frame and the container. Um, so uh, I think that is that is probably one thing that is yeah as you, as you reframe the question, it's, it's not about steering wrong. I think it's inevitability to you have to adhere to some container or some direction in the beginning. You have to mm-hmm. wear the shirt. you have to you have to wear it and feel it. You have to feel the fabric. you have to oh, move around, you have to swing in it, you have to tumble around in this shirt. you have to oh, where are the edges of it? Where's, ah, oh, it's out there. Oh, oh, I, I broke it. I fucking broke my favorite shirt. Uh, and I, I stepped over the bounds of the materials. Uh, structural, in, structural tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I can use that analogy, but that's what that's, came uh, up. Yeah, but, that,
0: that analogy makes sense um, to me.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that the moment I realized that it's just one shirt in the wardrobe, and many can be worn, and they're all woven from the same fabric, is where I really stepped into um, independent thinking, if you want to call it that, Uh, Mm -hmm. and having a broader perspective on things that you could call original. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, 100%. And that makes me so happy to hear. <laughs> it just yeah, it's something that's very special, and it's something that I think we talked about many times mm-hmm. and m- maybe back then it wasn't something that was easy to grasp or understand, but I always told you that things were finite that this was not enough that uh our partnership would only go as far uh as our individual abilities to become our own selves and then find each other within that evolution. And Mm -hmm. that teacher-student is not forever. Mm -hmm. It's something that is dynamic in nature, just like Mm -hmm. any development. And that there had to be a time where you broke free to become who you are becoming today. And in Mm -hmm. order for that to happen, Uh, an iteration of our relationship and the way that we were working together had to die. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit what happened. Furthermore, when it comes to presenting any material, for example, the day that I decided to put freestyle or my thinking in a book, immediately I limited what freestyle could be. The, Mm -hmm. The day that I chose to teach seminars, movement seminars specifically within the world of CrossFit and using the lens of gymnastics, which was my lens, uh, I limited myself. Thus, I was always going to be landing short of my potential because of the yeah. container. And mm. and I always shared this with you uh, to some degree or in some capacity. And, and I, I just remember looking at you and you looking back at me like thinking, what do you what are you talking about? <laughs> or, or or more like, uh, because you are a very mm. kind, generous, connected, loyal person. And at times, I, I think it may have come off as me maybe saying, hey, our relationship will end or we, you know, mm. uh, <laughs> and, and, and that may being a little saddening. It's kind of like talking mm-hmm. about, the potential loss of somebody that you love in in the mm. in a future, mm. which is inevi- inevitable. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, now looking back, uh, I mean, I have very fond memories of our time together. I think about our adventures together all the time. Me too. And something that I think about is how much I learned from you. You you ta- you taught me so much, and not only did you teach me. So much, you made the last couple of years on the road really enjoyable. Like I really enjoyed our time together. That was the best. I loved mm. when we got to meet up at airports and then go to the seminar and do the thing and you developing and then the excitement of reviewing how it went i mm-hmm. i I even romanticize that time. Uh, meaning, mm-hmm. like I think about it as like, oh, uh, you know, a child at Christmas <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How, how do you feel about uh, that that time together?
1: I want to cry of joy just by thinking about it. I really, I have such a powerful connection to to that time uh, to together uh, with you. It was really, yeah. I think I also hit it before when I when we talked about where you where you steered me right because it was so eventful and so peaceful of nature. And then still we went into some sort of stressful experience maybe of, of practicing our skills and, um, and then going all serious into game mode and then... I remember you were always very good to to uh, to remind me i think you said something along the lines of yeah it doesn't matter daniel yeah it doesn't mm-hmm. matter and yet it does matter <laughs> it's like what <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah so i have i have when i think of it is it's it's been re- a, a great time in my life uh, mm. really it's it's i think it's probably the one of the best periods i've had in terms of Uh, Both self-exploration, business exploration, um, developing competence, character, uh, friendships, relationships with people all around the world. Um, Yeah, from the Frank Sinatra in uh, post, post, uh, pre, and post game, and and all the funny jokes and the airplane rides and the crazy airports. I think it was, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: still very grateful that you even. I can't believe you. You really, you really took me on that ride. Like that's incredible. Like I still think of it. That really blows my mind. Like, like I wrote you an email and and basically fanboyed the whole way and asked. I just asked to work with you and you just said, yeah, come along. <laughs> mm-hmm. let's meet up to let's meet up at the seminar. And then uh, many seminars later, uh, you were you were gambling, you were not gambling, you were putting your your material on the line in the hands of someone else and, and letting me play with it freely,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where many, I think, would be hesitant to even think about doing that and. Because I've had after this, I've had teachers who wanted me to say exactly what they said and show it exactly how they did it in the fear of twisting the material or copyright or whatever. But I still think of it as that's a major thing to me. That's a major thing to me today. It's really incredible that you did that. Mm. Open the arms. Just say, let's go.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, that was really cool.
0: That's really cool. That's really cool. Well, that that makes me feel very good and uh, fuzzy inside, which is (laughs) so. uh, Now that we've uh, gone back uh, and down memory lane a little bit, and and acknowledge how much we appreciate each other, um, Mm -hmm. let let's get to uh, today and the work that you're mm-hmm. currently doing what are what are you currently excited about in in your not only your own development and what you're studying but in in things that you're practicing and working on what what are are you excited about and what have you found
1: ooh oh well at the moment if i have to if i have to make uh yeah so this is the this is the first thing that is on my mind at the moment. This is the one thing that is really keeping me up at night and the thing I really love practicing. It's it's about guiding another person to their own insights and it's Kind of like you taking me in the hand and saying see this landscape try to walk in it try to smell it feel it describe it and try to take someone else in the hand and do the same i really care about and i'm very excited about at the moment to take someone else in the hand and showing them how movement can be a thing that is not only for the sake of our health because for me how i see it being sold right now it's for getting six shredded abs or huge biceps or a big ass or for staying healthy so you won't die that's basically how people talk about their their practice and i think that that is probably one of the biggest mistakes we've we haven't been able to get closer to solving yet as a species or as a culture, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is is people will try to fit in movement practice as a duty to themselves. And in itself, that can help. That is not a bad thing. It, it can help people get fitter and it can help people come a long way. But I think on the long run, it will create a tremendous amount of emotional and psychological stress to people. And it will also uh, confine it to the smallest box in the world. Three sets of 10 deadlifts and some cardio and whatever. And yeah, I think, I think it's being portrayed and I think it's coming from a good place of trying to help people simplify a movement practice, which is, I love that. That is really great. Mm -hmm. Um, But the dogma that, thinking is, uh, nurturing is a limitation in, in itself. So, um, I really love at the moment to experiment with how can I create tasks for people so they can kind of unveil their own practice and how they like to practice with their body. Um, I'm I'm kind of obsessed with it at the moment. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and it's uh, it started actually through uh, a case of pain in a in a client or person I have, uh, and I've been exploring it through getting closer to a pain-free life with this person, um, and then I realized this it's it didn't really work well if I just told them what exercises was good for them that like it didn't really maybe it helped in a period of time but then it would get worse again mm-hmm. and I thought well there's something here that something here that I'm not really getting here about this person and maybe I should be a little more curious maybe I should uh, maybe I should take the student hat on and uh, yeah that's what I did so so one of the things I learned was um, that, that people will, in a state of pain, for example, or a state of just getting the work done, they will search, seek for the, um, the easy stuff and the thing that works. They want the thing that works now and produces results. Uh, and so I asked about uh, what they really would like to get back to on the other side of getting that fix, quote unquote. And that question elicited a lot of question marks in their faces. And a lot of them had to think for a long time before they ended up saying something like, yeah, I want to play with my grandson. I want to be able to drive for two hours without getting pain. Or I want to feel like I am not falling apart in the age of 45. And all those uh, presentations of wishes, and wantings, led to more questions. So it was like, so what would it feel like to not fall apart? Is that strength? Is it, and what would that strength be? And, and through which movement, what movement would you like to practice? Um, and I think that, that really opened some doors, which was, man, I've been pulling my hair out in terms of how to, like, how do I show this door? Like, how can I paint the door and show and here's the door. Try it. (laughs) Uh, That's been a lot of on my mind. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. I really appreciate that perspective. And it's nice to hear you speak of it in a way where you have arrived at that conclusion. And although it's a conclusion that many have arrived at before, For many reasons, people haven't dared to pursue because going and venturing off the path that is supposedly set for you, the prescription, the way, can be pretty scary. And uh, for many, has potentially led to um, worse outcomes at times. But it seems like you are acquiring the tools to help you navigate the the path least traveled mm-hmm. at the same time, the path that must be traveled for the individual to find exactly what they're seeking. And that mm-hmm. that is um, very courageous. I think it's very and very special because. It also puts you in a position where there's a lot of unknowns in front of you. There's a lot of stuff that is out of your control.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: and it requires you to put your patient, your client, the person you're working with in the driver's seat and you to become the passenger. Yep. <laughs> it can be a little scary when somebody else is driving. Um, yep. Yeah, you said you were pulling your hair out, but I, I think you 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 meant you were pulling your hair out because you're thinking about okay, how how can I do this more? How can I explore this more? Uh, oh, yes, I think that's for sure. what, right. That's what you you yes. were alluding to. Yes. Um Yeah. What What are some some tools or truths that you have found that work? What is something that you've noticed? Okay, I did it with this person. I can replicate it and do it with the next person.
1: Um, yeah. So uh, one is. Um... I think first is, the first one is is creating an overview. Um, So an overview could be uh, where the person is at right now, which would be for, uh, let's say it's it's someone who is uh, in the gym two times a week or someone in pain. Uh, It's an overview of where they are and what is kind of nagging. What's going on? What's, what's the general resistance they're experiencing? What's the, what's ground zero, so to speak? Uh, and so that involves kind of creating a, it's basically me understanding, trying to understand, I should say, where they are. So what does the pain limit you from doing, for example? Mm-hmm. And why is this a problem for you? And Also, if it's uh, if it's, I've had people say, "It's I'm bored. I'm just practicing to not fall apart," or even someone who says, "I'm not practicing anymore, even though I did once, and I'm not feeling great." Um, So I think that's the that has been the first step to establish that through questions, simple questions like asking asking to the to the specific experience of being them right now
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: so that's one and that is i'm i'm saying it in a simplified manner right now it sounds very easy it's not easy
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm still let me let me rephrase it it's a challenge to understand someone else's perspective because i can't be in their shoes like literally i can't be there uh, but i can try to get closer with conversation and experimentations with their physical capacities stuff like that mm-hmm. um i think that's that's the first stepping stone i think also in terms of what we talked about before this is where we fail many times and this is where i have failed many times and still i'm failing mm-hmm. um, this is why i call it challenging because this is where all the i've had Many cases, for example, where I would think that I knew, and then suddenly after trying to meet the, the person where they are, it completely fell apart, like almost immediately after beginning, because the depth was not there. In my, in my journal, I describe it as depth. How, how much uh, depth can I reach with this person in terms of understanding? And uh, a general picture that has been showing itself is the less depth I have, the more the result of the process would be more by chance. So it could go a lot of ways from there. Whereas if it was a very depthful relationship, it would be way more certain that the person first of all was way more engaged and myself was more engaged too mm-hmm. so it kind of uh, they kind of followed hand in hand
0: mm-hmm. yeah it sounds yeah. to me like you are arriving at a point as a practitioner somebody who is a coach leading people in the direction of achieving their goals or whatever outcomes they seek is that you're not an outcome-based practitioner nor are you necessarily a process-based practitioner. You're becoming a relationship-based practitioner. And Mm -hmm. it seems like the more you lean into becoming a relationship-based practitioner, the more the process-based practice uh, unfolds on its own and thus produces a byproduct, and that byproduct of the process being the results Uh, and those results Mm -hmm. maybe being one, the ones that they were seeking, which is like, Mm -hmm. I want to be stronger. Mm
1: -hmm. I want to be
0: whatever. I want to play with my kids uh, for a long time, Mm -hmm. or I want to be able to ride my bike and not be in pain. Yes. But furthermore, uh, the byproduct and results could be those of, um, meeting needs that, uh, the person didn't even know they had.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And yes. that being
0: even more impactful. Is that true when I say that? Is, does that resonate with you?
1: Yeah, I, de- I definitely think it does. I mean, it's, it's hidden for them. I think we had this conversation a lot of times, which was um, you can't, or I, I, that's a strong word, but selling this talk that we're having right now is incredibly challenging because it involves so much you have to have walked on your feet and been and you have you have to have some experience walking on your feet and learning from it in order to grasp some of the concepts that we're throwing back and forth here uh and it's right now if you open instagram it's basically that's not what you're seeing it's instagram or any uh, workout page or, uh, sales point marketing point here is not, that's the first thing they will ask it's, it's what problem are you trying to solve or what, what do people want that you can provide and how can you show that in the easiest way possible? Selfie of the apps and here's my program, stuff like that. And I think that is, that is the easiest way to like, that's very, Tangible. Oh, I can buy a six-pack like this. Boom! <laughs> now I'm doing the program. I'm getting the six-pack, um, which of course can can work for some, but mm-hmm. but I think um, in terms of the the relationships we're we're trying to uh, develop here, the essence is that it's hidden from the person itself. They don't know necessarily what the process could be like, and they don't know. Uh, how the relationship with themselves and their practice and process could be, and that's so. I totally agree with you. That is that is definitely the one of the main insights. It's 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 not in the clear, it's not in the plain view. Mm-hmm. You have to have some experience to unfold it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because you let let's say you're going to live off of um, being a physical therapist, a coach, a trainer for the rest of your life um it's kind of like you're gonna need to have clients and (laughs) right and (laughs) but if you if you did an excellent job if you met your potential nobody would ever need you Mm. yeah yeah how do you live with that
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's the that's the um, it's a pretty well that's a pretty good description of it that is the. That would be the end consequence. Total autonomy mm-hmm. in, in a lot of people. Uh, this, this is, I think this is what I have felt up until now that excites me the most. And even if I came to the conclusion one day that, oh, there's no need for me, I think the skills and the competence I've developed would be able to unfold in another scenario. Uh, So I live quite peacefully with that, actually. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I find such a joy and excitement in trying to develop these relationships and asking the questions and digging deeper and trying to unfold with the person rather than telling the person what to to do and when, basically, like a nanny or, Mm -hmm. yeah
0: hmm. Yeah. Somebody who is yeah. kind of a care, a care caretaker. Caretaker. Caregiver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hear yeah. that. Yeah. Shifting gears into school. I want to ask mm-hmm. you and I know that you go to school and in Denmark, so it's in Danish, but I want to hear what are a few words or a word that you feel repeats itself over and over and over again or a sentence or something that's said uh, in your current uh, schooling, that you feel like, oh, this this comes up all the time. <laughs>
1: mm, in in so at in the teachings or yep. in my own head.
0: No, in the, in the teachings, and then maybe we can go in into your teaching. own head, in, in the teachings.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, well. Yeah, I think one is it's complicated. That's mm. one sentence, <laughs> and uh, another one is, you'll have to practice to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And another one is um, listen and read carefully. I think that's that's some that's some sentences that come up come up a lot. And then of course, a lot of repeated in terms of yeah, what do you think this does? After I've asked the question that is Mm -hmm. what does this do? So Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, interaction going on
0: there. Mm. And uh, what is one one subject that you're currently studying that you're excited about?
1: Ooh, um, okay, so it hasn't really unfolded completely now, uh, but we've had a little bit and it's neuroanatomy that is really interesting. And the brain's ability to adapt to damage, and the way it adapts is completely dependent on the person's willingness to adapt. That blew me away, I have to say. Mm-hmm. That is very mm-hmm. interesting. We're gonna have way more about it, and we've only had like a we've only dipped our toes in the subject. We're gonna have mm-hmm. more classes about it. Um but that is really interesting to me. And uh, this unfolds into the alley of pathology with the brain, for example, with parking signs, how they can uh, ride a bike, but they can't walk. Oh, but you paint stairs on the floor and they can suddenly walk. Mm-hmm. Or you make a laser on the shoe, which is, creates a line like there is a staircase and they can walk. Like that is incredible to me. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been talking about uh, people who have um, like a blood clot in their brain and how they've lost motor function. They can, they have a hard time crawling and they've been able to do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's been conducted some studies on, this is questionnaire studies. So the patient is given a questionnaire and they're making an, an assessment of their mental um their mental uh, state in terms of their thinking and belief system, basically. So they've found that like there is a tendency here and the tendency is if you are optimistic and you're willing to practice and you have a good relationship to the, to the teacher or the therapist that helps you, you will be able to regain function as before even though the tissue up here is dead like this will happen and on the other hand if you're not willing if you don't believe it can get better if you stick to your beliefs that it's all shit and nothing will go right and whatever the chances of your of your regaining motor function drops dramatically to almost nothing like you're going to stay the same that completely blew me away that's so interesting mm-hmm. yeah.
0: it's so interesting, so interesting and it's so it's so interesting that you're saying this yet if i go to a doctor here mm-hmm. a general mm-hmm. practitioner for the most mm-hmm. part they would never acknowledge that to be a truth
1: exactly yeah that's even blows me more away
0: <laughs> yeah it, it actually pisses me off
1: <laughs> yeah i can understand because
0: Because it really does limit one's belief. And I I think this is where mind over matter is a huge thing. And it's having this almost blind faith that it's possible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, as as I hear you say this, I actually feel very hopeful. Because I've had a couple of physical things over the last couple of years that have been slightly crippling and they're all mm-hmm. due to stress and anxiety and just circumstances of my, my life currently. Mm-hmm. And I've had to work very hard to overcome some of those. And it all comes down to a limiting belief. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I believe, and I felt this as you were sharing this is that I was fully bought into to how you were sharing this message and the mm-hmm. reason is because one, you have enough evidence to uh, substantiate the way that you're thinking, but two, you you really like this idea. This idea mm-hmm. is really compelling to you, yep. and in addition to that, you're you're somebody who, when you're compelled to, uh, or do you feel attracted to something, the way that you share it is in a way that produces. Um, redundantly speaking a shared experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know you and yes. i have talked about the universe many times and about yeah. astronomy and yes. how you know it, we remember we were mm-hmm. in london and you talked about two two stars uh, colliding yeah. and spinning upon <laughs> each other and accelerating yes. to the point of cra- right crashing and producing a black hole uh and we're both like oh this is so interesting right yeah uh, so cool and, then pe- and people around us are like y- y- you two are nuts but yeah exactly <laughs> but what i'm what i'm what I'm trying to get to is that the thing I hear is that there is a way of doing things that is not about one size fits all, but about mm-hmm. one's own unique expression of moving towards getting a need met or uh, producing a result that one seeks that is enhanced or uh, is, it grows faster, more effectively, more efficiently when done in a shared fashion, especially with a guide that uh, maybe wears the hat of physical therapist, mm-hmm. movement practitioner, coach, mm-hmm. and how much that is needed these days. Yes,
1: yes. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, don't I think what, also. I, yeah does also that I does go, that
0: resonate with you? Go ahead. Yeah, no, go 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 ahead. say, okay, say okay. what you were going to say. <clears throat> yeah,
1: definitely needed. I think also needed from a cultural perspective in terms of our development together. Also, it's craved. I think it's craved from people. I think we're. We're at a point right now where technology is so forward and on the forefront of everything that we're just being pulled away by it. And I love technology, I must say. I really love it. I love what we can do, and I'm, I'm baffled by it every day that we can have this conversation here, for example, and record it. Mm-hmm. It seems, though, that right now, some of the very more simple things, more basic or should I say um, habitual? Maybe uh, between human beings is lost in in the race that we're getting caught up in, and I don't mean the race of career, for example. I mean the race of the evolution of where we're going, um, where everyone is going with startling speed at the moment. Uh, I think I think it's craved because we are getting more and more distance from each other that is in a communicate communicative manner that is in a relational manner it's in an emotional manner it's in a physical manner and it's 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 not to blame anything that i'm saying this it's simply to state that it's craved that we have these more deep interactions and i should say developing conversations with each other. Uh, I really and that is not to say that it has to come through a physical practice, even though that is an essential part, if you ask me. Um, but I do think this this concept of being with another human being and present with each other, that is fading away. and that has consequences and that is why I'm saying that it's 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 being craved from in every individual person, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing this. I've had people walk up to me in the grocery store, people I don't know, who are looking me straight in the eyes. Without, I've never spoken to them before. And they look at me and they say, oh, you seem like a nice guy that wants to listen. Let me tell you. Um, blah, 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 blah. And here comes a life story. Or it could be from a hello or a nodding with the head. And it's like suddenly, it's it's really sticking. Uh, to to me because it's like a, it's so needed um, yeah and I think that's what I mean when I say it's craved it's it's almost at the front right now where it's it's almost bubbling over uh, We've we've done so much at the moment to try to avoid disease by avoiding each other we've tried to do so much to treat each other better by avoiding each other physically not touching each other and trying to be more respectful we've been trying to speak better and speak correctly and speak in a manner that suits everyone at the same time which has then also created more distance to each other because now we're suddenly not able to say anything Um, that is that is uh, in a context where someone can understand and hear and relate to and that is not to say that all the movement that has been here which is in terms of the, the Me Too campaign, for example, that is not a bad thing. I'm just speaking about the long-term consequences of what we've been experiencing. And people are now lying at the end of the day with their, their iPhone and uh, and at the start of the day and at the, during the day. And, <laughs> and that is also an, an evolution we have to transcend, I think. So that's what I mean when I say it's, it's craved from person to person. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm mm-hmm, agree. I mean I crave it uh, deeply and it's uh, one of the reasons I uh, picked up this podcast again is is to be able to mm-hmm. connect with people and I'll tell you something that has happened to me today with you here that hasn't happened to me ever before on the podcast. And it's for mm-hmm. the first time in recording this podcast and however many years I've done it and whatever episodes I've recorded, where I stopped trying to one get ahead of the conversation in oh, order to guide the conversation in a meaningful way and mm-hmm. two i was no longer concerned about what anybody who was listening would think about you or myself i was mm. fully here and i th- those moments are the ones that are the most fulfilling the most impactful the best ones and one of the reasons this, this is happening in this conversation clearly is because we know each other, we have rapport Mm -hmm. and there's a, there's a level of safety, uh, between us. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, we've experienced a lot together and I'm just thankful that, uh, I'm getting to live this today with you. Mm -hmm. And I am also very grateful to know that you're out there doing the work that you're doing. And I'll give you an example of one of the times that I felt this, and I've shared this on many podcasts before, and I've shared this with you, so you'll you'll hear it again, but some listeners mm-hmm. may, may hear it for yep. the first time. And it was something that happened um, a day before I met you in Austria. And it happened to me in Berlin, in Germany, when I met Ido Portal. I had lunch with him. And the day that I met Ido Portal, it was very funny, actually, when we met... Uh, at first, it was kind of like the meeting of the minds. I don't know why it, it felt like that because I I had this inferiority complex compared to him. I thought he was like this like movement god or whatever. Mm-hmm. Regardless, I I really respected him and I t- I still respect him today. And I think he his work is very important, um, mm-hmm. a- extremely important actually. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the first five minutes that we spent together. We we kind of spent five minutes like kissing each other's ass. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it was like that. It was just like we were trying to compliment each other, so we both felt comfortable. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, we 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 had lunch. It was nice. We had a good conversation. And when I left that that meeting with him, I thought to myself, I can finally quit. I can mm. finally stop being this person I've been trying to be, which is this um, uh, movement uh, teacher, this uh, movement expert. Because there's somebody in the world who cares about it more than I do. Mm. Yeah, I was able Mm -hmm. to kind of let go. And in that moment, I became more of myself than I had ever been. And that's very freeing. It didn't take away from the work that I was doing. It just gave me the sense that, oh, wow, I'm not alone. Furthermore, there are people in the lane that I'm currently trying to navigate, that uh, have more control, awareness, dedication than I do. And that mm-hmm. is comforting. Furthermore, mm-hmm. it's not only comforting, it allows me to triple down on the things that I really care about. Mm-hmm. Right. And makes sense. yeah, and I, I, I kind of forget right now why I'm telling you this exactly. But one of the things that I'm picking up on when listening to you and hearing what you're saying is that I'm so glad that you're out there because it allows me to once again mm. rest easy knowing that I'm not alone. We're not alone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I can furthermore, uh, I can further d- deepen the knowledge or practice that I seek to <clears throat> explore. And celebrate the practice and journey that you're on. I think that's what I'm I'm trying to say. say. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, Daniel, this is so so awesome, and I I, I feel like we could go for many more hours. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you as we kind of gently bring this to an end, and I don't know if this will be two minutes closing or 20 minutes of closing, but (laughs) uh, is there anything that you want the world to know about yourself? Hmm. Mm.
1: I think... um... I think I probably came from the most normal set of circumstances I could come from, and I still managed to change directions and learn many different things multiple times in my 32 32 year old life now. so whatever it is that, if people are listening and thinking, "Oh, he's privileged, or he is, he is uh, he's incredible, or he is, he has something I don't," then that is that is just another fiction. It's another belief system that is that is holding one back. So if if there's there's one thing it is that everyone has access to this um to development if we have to put a word on it to experiencing the way of living in a more fulfilled manner in a more developed version of of living everyone can do that i think it's it's available so so i think yeah i think that's that could be one thing no to know about me that is it's this all came from I think I said this to your talk once. This all came from showing up like that was the that was the initial essence of my my interactions and my my learnings with you. that was the that was the gold nugget if you mm-hmm. had to put it in something. It was to show up and and being consistent with it. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of yeah, I think that's that's a that's a thing I can attest to. That will definitely produce – yeah, so yes. Okay, so being consistent and showing up. And when I say show up, I mean it could be waking up in the morning. And it could be going to your job. It could be physical practice. It could be the conversation with a friend. There is a clear choice every time. And it all can can develop – yourself and it can all be magical it's all right there in front of us um yeah so and that's what i mean by being consistent and showing up it's it's you can extract from everything all the time Mm -hmm. even if you sit quietly in a room with yourself in your own company (laughs) Mm -hmm. or uh, if you observe yourself when you go for a walk or and feel the wind in your face and frustration starts to come up because it's raining and it's cold and yeah. So yeah, being, showing up and being consistent, trying to, trying to be, instead of, instead of hiding, uh, Mm -hmm. or I should say, capturing yourself in, in a in a in a too small of a container, <laughs> mm. can I say that?
0: One hundred percent. Yeah, that was a little vague, but that. yeah. No, oh, it's uh, a, <clears throat> it's philosophical. It's deep. It's beautiful mm-hmm. when you allow yourself to. Actually, listen, not to the words, but to the sentiment that it produces. That's mm-hmm. yeah, very beautiful. Um. To finish, just for fun, a superficial question, which doesn't necessarily mean it's superficial, but it's more just for fun. Uh, what has been some brain candy that you've been consuming lately? Any shows, any books, any podcasts, <laughs> any any Instagram accounts that you're following? Oh, brain candy. Um, uh, and video games oh, that you've been playing? There's a lot. So, uh, Give me three. Been- Give me one.
1: Okay, so prioritized or just top three?
0: However or you want, three? top three, top three, just three, just for fun.
1: Okay, so so brain candy at the moment has been uh, the lore about the Marvel universe, and the order of which to watch the Marvel movies that has been consuming me. <laughs> That's uh, that has been one, and uh, furthermore in in reading the lore about it, I get so excited, because I imagine that I am these superheroes, I imagine that I'm Tony Stark, so I can almost not stop again, I'm listening to the music, I'm shouting out the, the phrases from the movies loud, and yeah, that's been, that's definitely the first one. Um, the second one has been Formula One, uh, following uh, Lewis Hamilton and George Russell and Max Verstappen and all these crazy athletes who are driving incredibly fast cars, uh, and kind of I've been pulled into the mechanics of the car a little bit. So I'm, I'm trying to follow the the structure, and I'm I'm zooming in on the picture of the cars on my phone to see ah they made that change. I wonder what that is and. Ooh, it's not bouncing so more in the races now it's it's going faster and yeah so I'm following that on instagram and um, and watching the races uh, and finally uh, the third brain candy has been uh, to juggle a football um, so uh, seeing how many I can do
0: yeah what are you what are you at 47. 40 47 47
1: Yeah 47 nice.
0: Yeah And is it feet only or feet and knees, feet knees, head, shoulders? Feet
1: yeah, everything is allowed
0: except I can't punch it with my
1: hands. So I can use the shoulders, the torso, the knees, the head and mm-hmm. both feet. Yeah.
0: Okay, and do For you now. do you start with do you start with the ball on the ground or do you uh, hold in your hands first? Uh on the ground. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <That's nice. laughs>
1: very cool Daniel Mm -hmm. thank
0: you for sharing those those fun little uh treats uh it it makes me it makes me feel like I know a different side of you I think a lot of times uh in conversation like this especially when we get kind of philosophical uh Mm -hmm. it, it 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 can get lost on people that um there is also very um you know superficial or fun things that one does Mm -hmm. that is equally as important and meaningful Mm -hmm. like yeah enjoying Marvel movies and wondering how how they should be consumed or yeah uh, yeah following a sport and being a fan of that or uh, trying to learn a new skill and maybe it's a skill that actually has no application other than just maybe foot-eye coordination, uh, specifically Mm -hmm. with a football or soccer ball, Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it. Exactly. Um, It's cool.
1: It's very cool. That was a nice question. I loved it.
0: Yeah. Daniel-san, as I like to call you, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. you're a wonderful person, a wonderful friend. I really appreciate you. I love that you took the time to talk to me today and that you did it at the end of your long-ass day. (laughs) And I hope that the people listening uh, could feel and sense what I see in you and that, um, if anything, that this conversation uh, brought them a sense of uh, peace and joy and hope and wonder and yeah, whatever else is a meaningful uh, feeling for them. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me my friend really appreciate it
0: yeah part two that was it all right uh bye-bye everybody we'll see you next time this is the